Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And uh, welcome to Sci-Fi Sunday. We are much more thrilled than it sounds like we are. It's true. I don't have a voice, so recording a podcast is interesting when you can't talk. Yes. This is the first day I've been home longer than a few hours and over a week. Same. So, so how are you? How are, how are things going? I'm just tired. At one point yesterday, one of the kids looked at me and asked me a question, and I said, I'm on hour 80 of being around you this week. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Look, I think that's fair. Yeah, it was um my kiddo's musical this past weekend, and I am thoroughly exhausted. But you did it, and it's over now, and it was, was good. It was, it was good. It was cute, and they're great, and they're sweet, and I never want to spend that much time with them ever again. I think that's fair. That is... Oh. How I feel about everyone in the world. I don't know that there's anyone I would want to spend that much time with. Well, the problem was it was also state testing Mm -hmm. this past week. So, like, they were testing during the day and then going to rehearsals at night. So, like, they were just baddies. And, like, Friday, um, Teresa took the day off. And at one point I texted her. I said, I don't know if I'm just, like, extra tired or if the kids are, like, next level today because i hate them all but friday was april fool's day so like it was a combination of both they were just horrible i think you also texted me that day and told me you hated all of the kids yeah yeah i believe that was friday who knows but (laughs) that was a day this week that happened yes i told someone at the bar on thursday they were like trying to decide if they were gonna order another round and i was like I was like, I mean, it's Friday. What else are you going to do? And she just looked at me. She was like, well, it's Thursday, but I like the spirit and I will take another. I was like, glad I could push you in the right direction. Fantastic. I do not know what I'm talking about. Well, and this week coming up, I am scoring exams like the state exam for last week. And so I now have to go to other meetings for like scoring all the state tests. So I'm just like brain dead. I am. I'm exhausted, but to be fair, half of my week I was working and half of my week I was at Broadway shows. So I went and saw um, Little Girl Blue this week, which is about Nina Simone. Um, It was phenomenal it was the best show i saw this week um it had uh the the woman who plays nina also wrote it oh, okay and uh it's it's off broadway but it's um is it a uh, new world stages oh, okay and then um on wednesday i saw a company and uh and i was so upset that you were at company on wednesday not because i wanted to see company but because austin colby was also at company on wednesday and i miss him yeah, it was, uh, I mean, the so I saw the understudy. I didn't see Katrina Link. And uh, okay. I thought she was phenomenal. Like, I thought the entire cast that was there was really good. Um, and, I mean, 
seeing Tyler Paul and seeing ladies who lunch is okay. just a life-changing experience. Like it's worth it for that. Right. So, um, it was just a little long for me, <laughs> but it's a good show. I mean, it's, it's Stephen Sondheim, so it's not bad. It's just, just a little long. Um, and then I saw, I went to a dress rehearsal with my friend Noel for uh, the minutes Friday. Um, I had no idea what it was about. None. I still don't know that I could tell you what it was about. And I saw it, but Noah Reed from uh, Schitt's Creek was the like main guy in it. Mm. And he did, I mean, the cast did phenomenal. Again, usually the show is not, I'm not mad at it because of the cast. Right. Um, the cast did amazing. It was dress rehearsal. So like they haven't even like, it's not even out yet or whatever, but uh that was a weird, weird one. All right. I, uh, I looked at Noelle when it was over and I was like, I have a lot of questions. Like the longer it goes, the more questions I have. And then it ended and I was like, I don't know anymore. So, I mean, Noah reads great. There's a great cast. Otherwise we didn't get a playbill because it was rehearsal. So like, I don't yeah. remember all of their names. I meant to look them up, but I did like recognize quite a few people in the show. Okay. Um, but it's just, I don't recommend spending extravagant amounts of money to see it. Okay. Um, That's fair. Sorry, I just realized that I um, didn't mute my computer when I always yell at you for not muting your computer. Uh-huh. That's okay. I didn't hear anything if it went off, so. Oh, it did. Okay. But that doesn't mean that. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, like you might not hear it and the recording will still hear it right right i thought you were going to tell me you hadn't started recording yet even though i very like much remember it saying recording now but i had that slight panic moment when you said that turn off the recording all okay i turned off the thing that would go off excellent the stupid thing is the only thing that actually goes off on my computer is my phone so like I don't if I have my phone in my hand I don't need it to also be going off on my computer (laughs) right (sighs) what a day what a week yeah yeah it was I my week was fine it was just so long that like I don't really have stories because I was just so tired the whole week how I mean I obviously I have stories I just told them but yeah I uh it was very long and there was not a lot of resting time. I mean, if, if you want a peek at my mental state this week, halfway through the show Friday night, we realized, I realized that I had never actually blocked this weird thing that we were adding into the show. And so, cause the script of Willy Wonka Jr. is a weird, weird, weird script. When I tell you that this script, expects you to have technical ability that no school that has done a musical ever in the history of musicals has the technical ability to do like it is bananas and during the like candy boat scene the script like calls for like blue light spiders like black light spiders on the the stage yeah literally i think no they're idea. confused yeah so we made like a giant spider out of like pool noodles and stuff. But then 
completely forgot to tell the kids how to be a spider with the pool noodles. So I just threw pool noodles at children and was like, go. <laughs> like, that's the mental state I was at. I was like, you know what? No one's going to know what's happening anyway. Just go on stage. That's Do something. Fair. But that scene is wacky anyway. So, like, it was probably fine. Yeah. Like, out of all the scenes you could have, like, oh, yeah, just no, throw no, them no, into. No. That was a good good one to just throw no, them into. for sure. And I, if it was going to ruin the show, I wouldn't have done it. But like at that point, I was like, you know what? Just go on stage. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I love it. Yep. And then yesterday's show, I needed to go to the store to buy candy bars and bubbles. Which is a very odd sentence. But I didn't bring my wallet. When I went to the store to buy candy bars and bubbles. So yeah, that's where I'm at for um, how competent I am this week. Fair. I think I went to bed at nine o'clock last night and I didn't get up until 11 this morning and I still don't feel like I slept. I went to bed at like 3 30 this morning and got up at like a few times but the last time I got up at like 10 30 and I do not feel like I slept but I did not sleep so yeah so uh apologize for the lack of enthusiasm in our voices today don't worry I am ready to bring some enthusiasm fantastic um we watched stargate sg1 season one episode five it was called the first commandment which i kind of really like as a title but i only just right now when i said it out loud realized that i like it as a title well it's okay when i wrote it down earlier i read it as the first commander and um I wrote it correctly, and I just realized it when you said it out loud that I read it incorrectly, even though I wrote it with my own hand. Perfect. Um, it was rated 6.7 stars, so it's a little lower than last week, which is... What was last week's? Um, last week, I think, was 7.1 or 7 something. Okay, that's what it, I was, was only, it was only, like, just at 7, but it was in the 7s. Right. Um... I get why this wasn't rated very high as an episode. I I liked it, but it was definitely slow. I think, I mean, I think I liked it as a storyline better than last week's episode, but the structure yeah. bothered me a bit. So I that's fair. I, I I the problem is I liked the implications for the characters in the future. I didn't really necessarily like the story itself. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like I liked the the emotional stuff, but didn't. Um, it came out on August 22nd, 1997. The top song was still I'll Be Missing You. And the number one movie was a movie that I have literally never heard of called Copland. That is. It stars Sylvester Stallone and Robert mm-hmm. De Niro. That makes sense. 
And I know it's like a noir cop thing. And it looks like something I would never enjoy. I mean, that is exactly what would sound like the minute you said Sylvester yeah. Stallone and Robert De Niro. I mean, that's all I could yeah. imagine. So. Yeah. Um, it was directed by Dennis Barry, who is returning. Um, and it was written by Robert C. Cooper. Um, he is a producer of the show. Um, in fact, he's a producer, I think, on all of the Stargate series. He's credited as the creator of some of the spinoffs. Mm-hmm. And he will go on to write a total of 39 episodes for so the series. Real invested. Yes. Nice. <clears throat> and we have two guest stars. And the first one, when I opened IMDb to look at this episode, his picture is the picture for the episode. And I was like, I know that person. Who is that person? Like, I know that person, but like, I don't. I did that. I was like, he's a dad. Yeah, but the context is so different, and the characterization is so different. I was like, who is that? So I clicked on his IMDb, and I just go, oh, just kidding. And I literally didn't even read anything else on his IMDb because I feel like you don't need to. Because William William Russ plays um, Captain Jonas Hansen in this episode, but he is more well-known for this tiny little show that formed everyone our age's entire life called a boy meets world where he plays alan matthews the padre that we all wished we had in the 90s i saw him and i was like he's the dad whose dad was he (laughs) that was exactly how i saw him and then the other guest star um is roger cross he played um uh, lieutenant connor he has been in probably like one episode of literally every show I've ever watched in my entire life, but his only real like um, extended role that he was, was that he was in 45 episodes of the show 24, which I never actually watched. I so. also did not. I heard it was good. Yeah. I think I watched, I randomly watched one or two episodes of like season six or something because Kim Raver was in the, was in those episodes and she plays Teddy on Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I was like going to go back and watch everything that everyone from Grey's Anatomy had ever done. And then I got through two episodes of 24 and decided I was no longer going to watch everything that everyone on Grey's Anatomy had ever done. It was probably a good choice. <laughs> Very quickly decided. Good job. Yeah. Um, the blurb says <clears throat> O'Neill and the SG-1 team are sent to investigate the disappearance of SG-9 only to discover that Captain Jonas Hansen is ruling the planet like a god correct now the only thing I don't like about that description is that we learn all of this information before the episode even really starts. Like, that's not really the plot. Right. Because um, the cold open is a bunch of people that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Running through the woods. And uh, one guy gets away. And so um, Hansen just looks at the other guy. And it's like, burn him. 
And then they, they do, they just set this man on fire. And I was like, okay, that's, that's where we're at today. Fantastic. Yes. I started it and I was like, did I start in the middle of the episode? I didn't care for the cold open because I didn't understand what was happening. And I don't know this show well enough to figure it out. I don't care for cold opens that are focused on characters that we don't know who they are yet. I agree with that to an extent. I don't mind a cold open sometimes in like a horror show. Right. But I mean, like when you have a main cast of characters that you're following, like shows that are more like story of the week, like monster of the week kind of things where the cold open is like the murder Mm -hmm. or like NCIS does a really good job of the cold open is almost always the case that they're going to solve, even though we don't know who it is. But this show hasn't done that before. And it's too early in the show. Like they need to either be setting up how things are going to go forever or they need to, like, you know what I mean? It's just too early in the show to randomly do that. I feel like with just the first five episodes, they're like testing out to see how they're going to do it. Yeah. It's very much still in the, we don't know what we're doing phase. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So then after the credits, our SG, our SG team appears on the planet to look for, what we know is SG-9 only because um, the blurb told me that it took a while before they actually said what they were looking for. (laughs) Yes. Um, So they get to this planet and they're talking about how the UV levels are like really, really high and they're all going to burn to death. And so they're surprised that there's trees there, Mm -hmm. which doesn't actually make sense to me why they would be surprised that trees could live with high UV light because they don't have the same systems that humans do. But anyway. anyway, um, Yeah. They they talked about how there were no birds and I've seen that like. Yeah. That's what's my next note. Like Sam thinks that's weird that there's that many trees, but no birds. Yeah. And uh, I've seen that like trope in a, a lot of stuff. And I couldn't remember specifically anything, so I tried to look it up, and all I could see was the birds aren't real conspiracy. And I was like, okay, this is not helpful. So I do not remember, but it is a common trope I've seen in things. Yes, but I also just think it's like, um, in this case, I think it's more supposed to be the like forebodingness of lack of life form because, like, oh when, no, I know that's oh, yeah. like. That's how I've seen it in other things too. And I like, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just saying it's a common trope that I've come across and completely forgot everything I've ever seen it in. And I like it. I didn't, I didn't end with that. Sorry. (laughs) No, I just, I, I agree. It's a trope, but I didn't feel in the moment that it was supposed to be tropey. I felt like she Mm -hmm. was just like, you know what I mean? It was just one of those things where like, of course, Sam would notice that there's no birds. Like, of course she noticed that. Like, um, and then they're like wandering around trying to find what they're the SG team that they think they're there to rescue. And, um, all of a sudden Daniel gets gorilla attacked, but truthfully for as often as I don't like, like special effects and stuff, I was 
obsessed with that moment because it wasn't even special effects. It was like genuine army camouflage training. And I did not see him there until he popped out of the leaves. Like I was like, yep. Okay. Okay. I see you. Yep. I agree. Um, so the guy who attacked Daniel um, stands down when he realizes that it is O'Neill's team because he is one of our SG people, Lieutenant Connor. And he takes them to where the body was burned to explain kind of what has been going on. Um, there's some army, like there's some like military lingo happening here that like I always forget because like uh, Connor literally says permission to talk badly about a superior officer. And I was like, oh, I forgot that, like, it's literally actually illegal to do that. Like, <laughs> right. Because on TV, people just do it all the time. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that the leader of the SG-9 team, uh, Captain Hansen, has kind of gone apeshit. And um, fun fact, he's also Sam's ex-fiance. I was... Uh- very confused at first because I thought they were saying Captain Hammond and I was like I was like why is he here why is he missing why is he not back I was like I was very confused for a second before I realized Captain Hansen as in Bob right yes I'm familiar (laughs) saw them live Um, at Disney with uh, Caitlin and Jamie it was a great time um but uh, we find out that she, Sam was engaged to this man and she gave him the ring back because he was kind of a douche. Which is accurate. Yes. Um, she made a good decision. And then um, one of the funniest moments in the episode happens because uh, Jack is giving like Sam orders and she's like, no sir yeah and he's like excuse me like you don't get to tell me no i'm literally your commander right and then he gives connor an order and connor says no sir and he just goes does it say colonel anywhere on my uniform like what is happening here and i was like i appreciated that yes um so then we connor is filling us in on what has been going on basically the sun on that planet is too hot for people to live really outside of these caves that they live in right now. Mm -hmm. And um, they thought that um, the people who came through the gates were gods because every time somebody comes through the Stargate, people think it's gods. But then Hanson was like, no, yes, I am your God. Ha ha ha. It's like, absolutely. I'm in. Which, okay, then they went further to explain that, like, the anthropologist who was with them, like, Daniel's role on that team was, like, no, like, for the moment, we should kind of go along with it to try to understand how they live and, like, get the respect, which the SG-1 team does a lot where they're, like, we're not gods, but we are, like, 
important, powerful people, please tell us everything about your society kind of thing. <laughs> so like the initial reasoning thought mm-hmm. process probably didn't necessarily mean for them to go crazy, but then they did. Yeah. I think um, it was probably the right approach in the beginning. Yes. And then Jonah, Jonas just like went off the rails. Which feels very, very much like something he would do. Just, sorry. It's okay. Um, um, then we also see that um, we get a clip of Hansen and his men in the cave. And when he finds out that they sent SG-1, he like rips his dog tags off. And I was like, okay. So like up until this moment, he like was living in this, like fantasy world where he was doing the right thing and now right. he can't continue to do that like he knows that they're now that they're there that he has fucked up yeah but he doesn't care no. is the problem it's like he got excited almost to like fight them it seemed like when he heard he was like which we find out later is because he has got to be the most accurately portrayed narcissistic narcissistic toxic like man i've ever seen Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the way oh um so then we find out that nothing is alive on the planet except for plants because of how strong the sun is Mm -hmm. and the people and they all live underground and while i believe that i also have some very serious questions what do these people eat Yes. Um, I mean, they had the the mac and cheese or the that tasted like chicken. Is what SG one was eating, and I wonder if that was something similar I, that they could find on this planet. I was confused as to if that was something that they brought with them, like rations. I also wasn't sure because it sounds more like something that they would bring with them, mm-hmm. and not something that would just grow naturally on a. I mean, <laughs> no, no, but <laughs> no. <laughs> um, of yeah. course, the what the people eat is never once addressed because apparently it is not important, except for me because I'm hungry all the time. Yes. Um, we get the more of the backstory of what's going on. We find out that Hansen, um, basically was kind of on a power trip. But then he went outside for two straight days in the sun to rescue a child. And when he came back, he, like, was absolutely insane and, like, power tripping. So they think that the sun had something to do with it. I mean, if you put me outside in the sun for two days straight, I would also go crazy probably. But the thing is, then as the episode goes on, they kind of never explained that again. They don't make the sun seem like the problem and they just make this guy seem like a fucking douche. Right. Yes. So there's that. Like a lot of the backstory, I was like, this is really interesting, but then we never touched it wasn't on it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me go. It's nighttime and the SG team is like making camp because they don't want to travel during the night because that's when Hansen and his cave dwellers come out of the mm-hmm. caves. But it turns out that they're also using the night to um, build a giant community 
like buildings. We find out later it's supposed to be a temple. But like it was a like, cult. you know, cult religion. Oh, very thin line. Yes. That is why um, I've decided that this is a cult. That's Jonas went there to be a cult leader unintentionally. Um, speaking of cult leaders, I just watched a video today about Jared Leto's summer camp. And I am, I had never seen anything about this before. Oh and I'm disturbed on so many levels. You are behind the times. He's very much a cult leader. It's a lot. It's a lot. Like, I knew he wasn't a good person. Like, I didn't think he was a good person. But I wasn't quite up to date on details of this. It's been happening for a while because it was based on the, what was the band? 30 Seconds to Mars? Yeah, 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 yeah. no. And the first, I think the first camp was in 2015. So, like, it's been a while. Right. But I was completely unaware. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sorry you've now been enlightened. But uh, yeah, it's wild. Pictures from those camps are terrifying. Mm-hmm. I went down a rabbit hole one day. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, so Hanson, a.k.a. Jared Leto, um, is having this temple built to him. And then the SG camp gets attacked. And... Um, the cave dwellers are all scared of Teal'c's weapon, but they do take Connor before they disappear. I would like to talk about the um, costume choices here. Sure. <laughs> Thank sure. you. Um, so I had the same thought in the beginning, but I forgot when you were talking about it the first time. So they're regular people who have been sickly because of the sun theoretically and living in this culty life. So like they're not doing great, but they're still regular people. And they look like, like they look like they were half of them were like naked cavemen. Yeah. And the other half, I just kept calling the breadstick people because it looked like they had breadsticks on their heads. Are you talking about, like, the weird dome helmet things? Mm -hmm. Well, fun fact, in the trivia of this episode, um, they, those weird dome helmets were um, symbols. So the beehive-shaped mud helmets are probably Mm, descendants of the Asaro people of Papua New Guinea. So they were a tribal connection. All right. I like to refer to them as the breadstick people still. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would say that that's offensive if they had ever in the episode done anything to show any kind of cultural appreciation for the Asaro people. But right. since other than wearing weird helmets, um, you would not have known right. what they were doing at all. Um, and I they will... also weren't like super well done. So no, no, no. no. Yeah. They did. They didn't. They didn't make the mark of whatever they were trying to do. Correct. Um. So, then it's the next morning, and Hansen is looking out at the um, 
half-completed temple. And he says, you know what? It's not going to get built fast enough if we only work at night. We're going to work during the day, too. And his lieutenant is like, sir, we you, built you, can't, you can't do that. They're going to die. And he said, it's a necessary sacrifice. You know who else says that? Cult leaders. I was going to say dictators. I thought of Hitler, also, but yeah. Also dictators, yes. Yeah, like that's... One and the same. Um, so then we show the SG team traveling again, and Sam and Daniel are discussing what she saw in Hansen. And it sounds a little bit too much like Jack for me in that moment. She's actually just describing Jack. <laughs> but also, like... On a, the real, real. Um, it also sounds a lot like a lot of people I know in the military. I mean, because she, Daniel, I mean, and they were not saying it like kindly. Like Daniel was saying that like the government often is not very great about how they use soldiers and the mental health situations of soldiers. And like the crazier you are, the weirder situations you're like put into. And like, vets and mental health care for vets is a huge issue and um it was a little sometimes the show just like is like we're gonna have a really obnoxious premise but we're gonna just like throw in something like really really cutting toward the government right Right. in the middle of the episode i mean and to be fair anyone in the military that i know that's like gone away to war to a different country, not people that necessarily just trained here or worked outside yeah. here. Um, their mental health isn't great. Their physical health also isn't great. And um, that's yeah. that's a whole different story. Yeah. But they're and not like, wrong. And like I said the other day, the thing that I like the most about the political aspect of this show is that the show is incredibly pro-military and still anti-government like it's like because like a lot of times people like try to say that like you can't support our troops if you're mad at our country if you're like yeah or like they like they try to like make the individual soldiers and like the military equal to the government and it's just not the same thing at all and you can very 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 much support the u.s military and still think that the way the government treats the military is not correct and i appreciate it i appreciate it very much yes yes then as they're walking they stumble upon this cult camp and um they see that connor is tied to a pole which i think i think this (laughs) It was a very small thing that doesn't actually matter, but it made me laugh out loud. Um, whenever they were talking about something, um, I don't specifically remember what, and Tilk was like just standing around and somebody told him he needed to smile or look friendly or something. Oh no, that's later because I have oh, that's later. Okay. I have notes about that. Yes. Excellent. Never mind. Um, but um I missed in Connor's backstory that he was giving everyone, he mentions that um Hansen's choice of like choice punishment for people is to tie them to a pole for seven days straight and if they survive the burning sun then they're allowed back in camp and so Connor is now tied to a pole and he had already said that he would rather take a bullet than die like that mm-hmm. so you know foreshadowing yep. um 
And then we have um, a scene. So Jack goes to take, um, to try to rescue Connor. He's like, I'm going to go figure this out. And he gets up to go. And um, they're talking about what's going on with the people and the working during the day and the sacrifice part of it, blah, blah, blah. And um, Daniel says that it's a lot like Abraham. And Teal'c says, like, who is Abraham? And so Daniel explains the myth or myth story, depending on your take, but the story of Abraham sacrificing his son and then not really sacrificing it. And this was the moment where I realized that Teal'c is the best thing for the show, not just because I love Teal'c, but because a lot of times when you have characters that are all really, really, really intelligent, you can isolate viewers. Right. But by having Teal'c, who is very, like, not not stupid, like, he's not the dumb character. He just is not a part of this world so he needs the explanation so daniel and sam have to explain things to teal that in a normal conversation they would never explain and that means that all of the mythology and biblical illusions in the story will get to be explained so that the viewers who aren't familiar will know what's going on because like i obviously knew the story of abraham but like Mm -hmm. last week when they were talking about the minoan people or, or no, two weeks ago in the Minoan people or last week when they were talking about the, the Braca parts of your brain, those are things that I would have needed explained because they're not things I'm super familiar with. So it, Teal'c just is the, the best way to do that without trying to talk down to your audience. Right. I 100% agree. Um, and he also brings, he like leaves an opening for comedic relief as well. Whenever Absolutely. he has these questions, which is fun. Yes. Um, and then Sam, they see that the soldiers from the SG nine team who have followed Hanson are like trying to beat up one of the, the poor cave people. And Sam, as she does is like, well, I'm going to step in and save him because me being a poor woman alone by myself is clearly going to write every injustice in the world. Yes. Yes. That is so far her role. And, and they're like, don't go. Okay. <laughs> or not. And Teal'c's like, I would stop her. She's not going to listen. What is the point? He's not wrong. Um, so then, of course, she does get kidnapped. But, again, she is Hanson's ex-fiance, who he is still apparently in love with. Apparently. Although... What he calls love is not anything I would ever wish on anyone. No. Um, no. And um, Hansen explains to her that he's doing everything he is doing in order to save the people. And then I don't know exactly what he said next because my note, next note just says, um, Hansen is a toxic narcissist. I'm so upset by this. And he's still playing her. Yes. Basically, oh, he has like, um, oh, no, he's just saying, oh, oh, I know what he said. He's like, you said that I'd never amount to anything and look at me now. All of the things, all of the things that you hated about me are the skills that I need to save these people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
Then, outside of the camp, um, Teal'c and Daniel and Jack, who Jack has come back and realized that Sam has run away and is unsurprised. Um, And they find a cave person who is separated from the rest of the people. And um, he freaks out because he recognizes the Jaffa. Mm-hmm. Which was a weird twist there. Yeah. And this is where the smile thing happens because Jack's like, um, Teal'c, no, 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 he's he's good. He's our friend. Teal'c, show him your friendly smile. Yeah. <laughs> and Teal'c smiles and he goes, mm, okay, maybe we need to work on that. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Um. And so then they're talking to this guy about what's going on. And we find out that Jonas has said that he will make the sky orange and make it safe for them. What that means? We do not know. No. Um, Then we go back to Jonas. And he is continuing, continuing to manipulate Sam and say awful, horrible things to her. And then is like, she's like, you only want me here to do this for you. He's like, no, I want you. I want you to be my goddess after you do these things for me. Right. Which like, ugh, ugh, obviously. Yeah. Obviously the liar. The problem is I don't think that he's lying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, well, no, like, I think he would let her be with him, but I, I think that he would, because he wants her to be, no, just be there. He would think that he was doing her a favor. Right. Right. Oh God. I hate it. I know. Um, so then as, um, this poor caveman who never gets a name, is explaining them the, to about them the orange sky thing. We find out that Teal'c is the only one who can actually probably make this thing work because he's the only one who has any idea what it's about because it is Gawold's technology mm-hmm. that was put in place so that because the planet isn't really habitable, the Gawold put this thing in place to make it habitable when they were basically people farming. Right. Um. So then while Teal'c and Daniel and the caveman are going to find the other device, Jack sneaks down to rescue Connor and immediately gets caught because of course he does. I have a couple of questions about this scene. First of all, where on earth did he get blow darts at? Like, I, I mean, don't... they have a full military like pack of stuff. He could have had them I... in there. But it would make sense if he had, like, a gun with him or, like, a knife, but a blow dart? That's a That's strange choice. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. And um, also, this feels very similar to, like, how Sam tried to escape, um, and I think it was episode two, and it was like, I'm just going to leave and everything's going to be fine. And it was like, it felt like, like he just walked in. He's like, I'm just going to take this guy and everything's going to be fine. And I was like, yeah. what do you no. people think is happening? <laughs> yeah. No, that's not, that's not how that works. It also, um, 
kind of reminded me of the scene in the Star Wars prequel trilogy where they're like tied up in the pit and they're like, are like, oh, if we get these chains undone, we're going to be able to get out of here. Like they're not in a pit full of monsters going to kill them anyway. Right. Like you solved one of your 87 problems. Congratulations. Right. Right. Um, then um, they bring Jack to the main camp and Hanson's like, I'm going to kill him. And then Sam's like, please don't. And he's like, okay, fine. Turn on the machine and I'll spare him. Right. So she does. Mm-hmm. Of course, she genuinely at this point does not know that there needs to be two machines. Mm-hmm. And that even though she did exactly what she told him to do, it was not going to work. Um, and then my next note just says that Hanson is off his fucking rocker. Because it takes everyone to the Stargate to, like, have some kind of weird ceremony where he's going to push Connor and Jack back into the Stargate, but without signaling Earth so then the iris won't be open, so then they'll die as soon as they materialize on Earth. But then, like, it's not his fault. He just sent them back to Earth. Right. And, like, also show them that he can make the sky orange and, like, marry sam while she's still handcuffed like i don't know what any of his logic in this whole ceremony was because he like he truly seemed like he felt like he was doing the good guy things in the back even though they were gonna die he's like but i'm sending them to earth and it's like that doesn't matter if they die he's genuinely insane right right um and um then the cave guy like shoots Teal'c's weapon and scares everyone because he's got magic, like old technology. Mm-hmm. And um, Daniel is like, "Listen, Jonas is not a god. He's just a person. Nothing here is real. Here, we are the gods. We will turn on the." He doesn't say that they're the gods. He's totally right. like, "We're just one of you." But like, it's one of those things where it's like, "He is not a god. I am. See, I actually made the sky or yeah. he didn't." <laughs> like, okay, I I see what you're doing, but yeah. Um. So then they turn on the machine and they save all the people by making the sky orange so that they can be outside. And then all the cave people are so happy. They promptly toss Jonas into the Stargate. I know. And I was like, this is where, when they were talking about this at first, like sending them back and they were going to die because Iris wasn't open. This was making me wonder again, how like in the first episode, uh, when the gold were trying to go through, they were just trapped there, but they didn't die unless their head got cut off. They were, cause they were beating the door down and then they like just left. <sighs> so is he just going to be trapped in the Stargate now or did he die? Well, I guess it depends because with the Gaul, there would have, if they dropped it through and then the gate would have been able, no, I don't know. It depends. It depends on what happens on the. Okay, so Stargate's basically like a tunnel. And you got two doors, right. and then this door is closed. 
So if you go in and you can get back out, then you can get back out. Okay. But if you go in and then both doors closed, then you are okay, trapped and then you die. The star- they threw them into the Stargate and then it didn't close because they still had to leave. Yes, but if you saw that they, they had to reopen it to leave again and redial it. So they did oh, close it. Yeah. Okay, I missed that part. Yes. That, that does make more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just my vague, unscientific explanation of what happens. I don't Look, that's all. That's all that matters. Um, Sounds like you vaguely know what you're talking about. And that's all that we promised. So yeah, that, that's very true. Um, so then they do have to dial a Stargate to go home. And um, so weirdly throughout the whole episode, all of this toxic manipulation that um, uh, Jonas was doing, he was straight up quoting the Bible to like justify it. Mm-hmm. And um, it made Sam kind of upset because I think this is what I gathered. This is all um, inference. I think that like he probably was like went through some shit after some war stuff and Sam gave him the Bible as kind of mm-hmm. like a comfort thing based on the way he was talking to her about always having it with him and then how she reacted to him using the Bible. I feel like Sam is the religious one in this situation, which is a really interesting perspective because she is also like a hardcore scientific feminist, but like then also the religious one. And I kind of love that. Yes. But so then she's all sad because her ex fiance who um, she never really thought she could save, but always kind of hoped would turn out to be a better person um, is now dead after almost committing genocide right um not a and, good situation and jack comforts her in like the sweetest way but also like he's an idiot he's yeah. like i never really read this thing but um i did always remember the first commandment and she said thou shalt have no other gods before me and he's like okay maybe not the first one yeah <laughs> He's like, but you're like, you know, the big one, like, don't kill big one. <laughs> because she had the opportunity to kill Jonas and stop all of that rigmarole from happening. And she didn't because she has a hard time pulling the trigger. And Jack was trying to tell her that that makes her a better person mm-hmm. for actually having a hard time. He, he was like, every time we have to pull the trigger, it makes us one step closer to Jonas. Right. And it was very sweet. Nice. Um, so now I have a general forum question. Okay. Um, I would like to know how the golds were involved because I understand that they're the ones that like started this world. Mm-hmm. And I understand that the orange sky was their technology. Mm-hmm. Um. But then they were like, did they just leave? And they were like, we're not going to rule these people? Or like, where did the Jaffa so, come in? Yeah, no. So the Gaul basically, um, they stole a bunch of people from Earth. Right. And then they went and spread them throughout all these different planets and right. like terraformed these planets in order to basically create harvesting farms, like people right. farms. Mm-hmm. And it is not that they haven't used these people, but basically what probably happened is that somebody somewhere along the way 
um, broke the machine. Mm-hmm. So the sky thingy wasn't working. Working. And the Gaul have so many other harvestable planets that it wasn't worth it for them to go back to oh. these sick people. So it's kind of like they just abandoned this planet. Yeah, right? it was like, well, it was like the plague went through this farm, this farm, so we don't need it. No mad cow disease for us. Man, I hate the gold. Yes, no, they're um, they're lovely, lovely creatures. Um, speaking of, I did want to look this up, and surprise, surprise, I did not. But if you saw our Instagram this week, um, I posted a fun Care Bear meme that has an alien, like from Alien aliens the movie coming yeah. out of it and it looked so similar to the guy old that i was like i wonder if the guy old was actually influenced by alien because it came um, out like 30 years later yes 39 to 2000 20 years later i can't do math um and so uh, if anyone knows you should tell us because i find that very interesting and that's exactly where my brain went and then i shared the post and then and, and then you never looked it up again. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could always post it on Reddit. I'm sure someone oh. will answer you there. Well, that's a good idea. I will. I will post it on Reddit. The star beside that, so I don't forget that. Yeah. No, that was, you know, sometimes the things that come up when you, like, Google tries to auto answer a yes. question for you. Were the gold influenced by, and instead of the A for alien, I accidentally pressed the L first, and it said by Lewis and Clark. Were I, they influenced by Lewis and Clark? I, that doesn't feel right. It doesn't, doesn't feel right, no. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and say... No, I, the I Lewis and Clark question. Agree with that. I don't. Okay, my mom said, "Well, they were le- they left Earth before Lewis and Clark were born." But no, I'm not talking about the fictional Lewis version. I'm talking about the actual creation of the alien species by the writers of the show, <laughs> which happened much longer after Lewis and Clark. <laughs> Unless these men left Earth at some point that I'm unaware of. Look, I don't even know anymore. Anything is possible, probably. Oh, my God. That was one of the funniest lines in this episode, though. They were like, what on Earth makes you think that we could do that? We're not on Earth. (laughs) I like the line where they talked about going to Oz. I did. He was like, what did he say? He said, we're off to see the wizard. Yeah, and then like ten minutes later, he and then was they like, kept they were like, yeah, blah blah blah, like the sun, you can't go out and everything. And he's like, well, yeah. off to Oz. Yep, that's it. That was the one. Thank you. It was wonderful. Were there anything? I mean, trivia wise, it was the stuff about the Papua New Guinea tribe. It's um, a- mm-hmm. It was. We also find out for the first time that Samantha was once engaged, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and. Then there's a weird trivia piece about the actual physical prop for the binoculars that they look through, and I don't understand a single word of this paragraph, so I'm not going to read it. That is okay. That is perfectly acceptable. Um, 
Oh, I'm so sorry. The caveman did have a name. It was Jamala. So what was what were the freaks? Frakes was the anthropologist who got set on fire in the opening credits. Gotcha. I kept hearing that name and I was like, I don't know. Who this yes. Frakes was the anthropologist. Races. I don't know if it was a name, if it was a race. I just, no, I wrote no, it no. down to come back to. <laughs> yes. Frakes was their anthropologist. Um, oh, this is such a good error. It only kind of makes sense. Um, so Teal'c does this thing. He calls Jack O'Neill all the time. Mm-hmm. He calls Sam. I think he calls her Carter. He never, and I'm pretty sure consistently for the entire rest of the show, refers to Daniel as anything other than Daniel Jackson. Whole full name every time. Except in one scene in this episode, he did just say Daniel. and That is a character error because he will only ever call him Daniel Jackson. I love it. Yeah. I was just trying to see if there was anything because sometimes they like give you like references like when you do things like mention Wizard of Oz, but it didn't give me any references. Um, just weird quotes and goofs. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, no, stupid. I hate when factual errors on IMDb are not actually factual. I know. They make me so (laughs) angry. So this one says, Connor takes SG-1 to the remains of Frakes, who was shot, then burned by pouring lamp oil and lighting with a torch. Only a pile of ash and dog tags remain. Such a fire would be nowhere near hot enough to reduce the body to ash, which would require a much greater accelerant in a larger quantity and or an industrial crematory furnace. They should have found a charred body. Which is already explained by the UV level of the planet and the sun burning people to death. There was a higher accelerant called the sun. Yes. So your factual error is incorrect. Yes. Congratulations. You're wrong. <laughs> um, who would you like to punch? I mean, Jonas. Yeah, it's not really a question. I know. Except that I'd like to give an honorable mention for the unnamed guy who follows um, Hanson and does not fight back the way Frakes and Connor did. Because, like, it's one thing to be an egotistical prick. It's another thing to blindly let people die just because you have no backbone. Mm-hmm. Talking to you people that followed Hitler. And Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, also you people, the ones that are still actively doing things. Um, yeah. And also, about- everything is very culty. Everything is very culty. Hitler was a cult. But like, anything could be a cult. Again, I'm not disagreeing with that. Like, even like, watching like TV shows can become culty. 
Like Bachelor Nation is a cult. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So much. I mean, I've always said I wanted to start a cult where we just wear black and eat snacks. Oh my God. That was my birthday party. We just wear black and eat snacks. I know. And I only cried once. Oh, look at you. Listen, I drank a bottle and a half of wine on an empty stomach. So like, I'm honestly impressed that I only cried once. I'm very impressed. <laughs> like a record. I know. So there's that. Birthdays. Um, sorry, Montana. We forgot to mention that our episode, three episodes ago, came out on your birthday. So happy late birthday. We recorded it so far in van, advance that like it didn't even click in our brain. But... We still love you. We do. This episode is coming out on April 10th. 10th. Is that anyone's birthday that we need to be aware of? I don't think so. No. Cool. Great. We got a lot going on in April other than like Easter. Well, my mom's birthday is in April and... My parents' anniversary is in April, mm-hmm. and uh, my best friend Nathan' his birthday is in April. But his birthday is on a Thursday, where an episode is coming out that we've already recorded that we didn't say happy birthday to him. But it's okay because he doesn't listen to this podcast. Mm, well, how dare he? But <laughs> right. that's fine. Um, when is your mom's birthday? We like her. Hers is not till the 18th, so we got time. Okay. Yeah. Um, who is your MVP? Jack. Jack was pretty good this episode. I thought it was nice that he he really tried to only be helpful and uh, to everyone, to Sam, to uh, Connor. He really stepped up to be who he needed to be. Yeah. I will also give um, some credit to Teal'c. I mean, I always give credit to Teal'c, always, but like his being comfortable enough with the team that he just was like, you know what? I'm not staffing Sam, Butter, let her go. Like that level of knowing everyone now. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I know. I do love Tilk. Um, do you have any predictions? Oh my God. I forgot about predictions. Um, <laughs> I was so thrown off. This had a cold open and it messed everything up in my brain. Truly, like, the first, like, five minutes. I don't know what happened in this episode until you told me again because I, like, was so thrown <laughs> off. I was like, um, so, da-da-da, da-da-da. I no, mean, I don't know where we're going still. Like, everything is different every episode. And so, like, it's very true. I, I assume we're going to go to a different planet. Than we Probably. It would that be nice if, like, one day we, um... I don't know, even like remotely go back to the fact that Daniel has a missing wife. <laughs> we just keep forgetting. I know, about like, like it'd be like, I know, I know because you told me that they didn't want this to be like a one off show monster of the week and not like Dr. Who style. They wanted it to be like a storyline still. But as of yet, we haven't really got an intertwined storyline. And to be fair, like we said, it's only five episodes and it's a lot of world building and that does happen. And I think that's one of the reasons why sci-fi shows tend to last longer because they have to do so much world building before they get into real story stuff. It's like a deep fantasy book. I mean, they're, I mean, you look yeah. at Brandon Sanders and his books are like 10, Right. Or like, like even, or even in terms of like things like the 
the Game of Thrones books. They're like a mm-hmm. hundred million pages long each. Yeah. Um, so no, I get world building is a huge part of the problem in terms of like piecing a coherent story together. But hopefully we like swing around back to like some character that we already know. Cause it's, yeah. it, it's a little difficult. Or like build directly from where we left off because like we're every time we start a new episode it's like we've skipped yeah there's been like a time jump yeah and like i want to feel more cohesive if that's how they want it to be and less like one-off episodes like i feel like i could have watched any of these episodes in any order other than like the first one right the rest of them i feel like i could have watched it in any order and it wouldn't have mattered yeah and i will say um Obviously, the early stuff of the show is the stuff I remember the least because I was so young when it came out. Right. And I know that, like, there definitely are more coherent, longer arcs as the show goes on. And, like, I know for a fact, like, the spinoff shows are much more arky. So, mm-hmm. like, I know it's coming. It's just... We have to get there. We have to get there. And it's right. taking longer than I want it too yes i agree well i mean and the thing is it it must because it wouldn't have the following that it ha- the show wouldn't oh have the gosh, following it that it has 75 if, seasons of this show right if, or like or even just like if you, we were looking at stuff for like following other instagrams or like connecting with people on social media for the show and like if you search for stargate podcasts there's like a trillion people mm-hmm. love talking about it. The Stargate Reddit board is like the most active of anything that I follow. Like yeah. people like it. So like there has to be a reason. Mm-hmm. We just sure. have to get past the the awkward intro 90s. Yeah. And I think it's because at this point, I mean, obviously at this point they didn't know they were going to have 10 seasons and five spinoffs. I mean, they yeah. know they had a movie that some people seem to like that they didn't explain anything in and they were making a show now. Like, right. And well, and it's also in comparison to the two shows that we're reviewing right now, Stargate and Bates Motel in comparison, they are literally 16 years apart in terms of when they were released. And the way that the average human viewed television in those 16 years was a massive difference. Mm -hmm. And so we're, it's not fair to compare the pace at which a show from the late nineties did things to a show that a cable net or like a, a premium mm-hmm. network in the 2010s did things like that's not yeah. really a fair comparison. Also can't compare cross genres either, which is, yeah. I mean, sci-fi is like you said, they're world building. They're going to move a little slower. Horror is all about, suspense and intensity so they're gonna move a little faster it's just yeah the style of the show it is so um and i haven't watched a lot of like true stuff i guess like i mean i watched the star wars movies all once yeah but but also movies are different and and also even now like a lot of people who like doctor who don't Mm -hmm. enjoy classic who as much because of how slow it is mm-hmm. but like that's what tv was like in the 60s and 70s yeah. like that's and and new who has the 
added benefit of a lot of the world building things they didn't have to do because they just assumed that you would either that you would know about it yeah and they use i mean they used a lot of like historical pop culture references or whatever i mean they use van gogh they use like oh yeah which the the show's always been like that because the original intention of the show was supposed to be educational which people forget um but it doesn't have to build a world because the world's already there Mm -hmm. they're just jumping times they're not jumping planets well they they, i mean they do they jump planets they jump into a lot of different races and they have they have a lot but it's not quite the same it's not quite the same no you're right so there's that. Um, but I do think it will get faster. It will get better. We're only five episodes in. And we, it's terrible. And we already like the characters. It's right. Just, I think the characters so, are great. Yeah. Which, I mean, we were two seasons in into Dead Like Me before we really liked any of the characters. So Very true. <laughs> and, uh, and that ended up being like the thing we liked about that show was the characters. Yeah. And, I mean, and I, mean, I do believe... And Hemlock Grove, we watched the whole show and still only like one character. So, and I think like I think with uh, Stargate, it's I mean we are starting out liking the characters, which is good. But it's such a long running show and such like a big show that I do think the storyline is gonna. Get yeah, better. I don't think it's gonna be one of those things where we're like watching it for two seasons and then we're like, well, the characters did great. Like, I think even before the season's over, we're gonna like be yeah it. for sure. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not really worried about that. And if any of you are, I don't think you should be. With my very little knowledge, I think I'm right. So, <laughs> if you don't think you're right, we're right, and you want to start a fight about it, you can do that on social media, or like say nice things too. Like, but sometimes oh. confrontation draws more people in. Um, that's true. That's why cults happen. Um, <laughs> so. You can follow us on any of the social medias at death and aliens. You can email us at death and aliens at gmail.com. And you can follow me at E M K A Y underscore superstar. And you can find me at C E cloud 13. And we will see you guys later this week for our next thriller Thursday. Yay. See you. Bye.